to the Life School Masterclass Show, a place where visionary leaders build a life and business legacy on purpose through mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so they can make an amazing impact and income and positively affect their communities worldwide. Ensure that you are sharing this show, you're subscribing, and you also are leaving us a review so we can create more amazing content around those areas to help you level up to the next level and also bring amazing guest experts that can share their knowledge and expertise with you so that you can create amazing legacy. All right, Legacy Builders, welcome back to another show. I'm so excited to be back with you with another amazing guest and conversation. And today we're going to talk about branding, how to elevate your message and your brand uh, with my guest today, Sam uh, Lubovitz. I hope Lubovitz, I'm yeah. Lubovitz, your last name correctly. Sam, thanks so much for coming on and looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. So can you share a few of the most meaningful moments that led you to the work that you're doing today? Well, for me, the one of the most meaningful moments, I guess, was um, I had taken over the station um, in 2010, in June of 2010, from the former owner who had decided to become a Buddhist monk, and he was selling off all his worldly possessions. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just thought I'd help him to sell his business. Instead, I ended up purchasing it myself. And I had been doing my, and I ran the network. We had a few shows in the beginning and I did my own show. And after uh, a couple of years of doing my own show and we were, we were in studio at the time, we weren't virtual and we had people call in and I was doing my show and my guest um, didn't make the show that day. And we do our shows live. So if a guest doesn't show up and doesn't give you any warning, you gotta, gotta just wing it. And, and uh, the, the guest that day, he was a hostage negotiator. And the reason he didn't show up is because there were, he was in England and there was an active situation at a prison. So that's why he didn't make the show. And so I just started talking about negotiations and about, um, you know, being present and even, you know, having your kids like not be on their phones during dinner time so you can have a direct conversation with them. And this gentleman calls up and says, oh, my God, I can relate so much to what you're talking about. And I tell he has an accent. And I said, well, where are you calling in from? And he says, oh, I'm in uh, India. And I'm like, oh, and like we have an 800 number. But if he's calling from India, he's calling on his own dime. And it just kind of floored me that my message was able to reach somebody literally halfway around the globe who I had no idea who he was. And, and yet what I was saying, um, he resonated with, it impacted, I answered his questions and I made this connection. And I just thought, you know, this is so powerful. Like, I don't know anything else I could be doing where I could be touching a stranger's life halfway around the world and making a positive impact. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I The power of uh, all these channels that are created, and I love the platform you've created, right? Home-based here in NYC, sounds like. I'm also here in, uh, in New York. Uh, but yeah, every channel, every platform that we actually get to leverage to share our message you just never know who we can impact, even if one listener uh, really listens to that message for the day and and really uh, walks away with some insight or something that could um, help them. 
it really makes the show worthwhile. So I love that. So that's absolutely, absolutely beautiful that you have this expertise and how many years you've actually now uh, been uh, as the owner of the network. And now I'm assuming you have so many other shows that, that are part of your network. Tell me a little bit more around how many shows do you have? What are the themes of the show? What is the main vision of, of the platform? Um, and what have you learned as the founder of this um, network that you could share with our audience as well? Sure. Thank you, Alona. Um, so I've been running the network now for over 13 and a half years, and we have shows on the network on all types of different topics, everything from business and nonprofits to health and wellness, society and culture, personal and spiritual development. And really, our brand is to uplift, educate, and empower our audience. And so we have a very broad base of, of different hosts. And one of the things that makes us very unique as an internet radio station is we do do a lot to cross-promote and cross-pollinate between our shows. And so we even do host meetings where we bring the hosts together from the different shows and give them an opportunity to meet each other, connect with each other. And because of that, they've all created relationships with each other and they've all been guests on each other's shows. So it's really turned from just being an, an inter internet radio platform to a real community. Yeah. And, and my hosts are really great and they appreciate the service that we provide because we basically handle promotions, production, distribution, and analytics for them. So they can just show up and they do their genius and they focus on their content for an hour each week and then they go about their day and we handle the rest. Oh. Yeah. I love that it's so, um, it, it's, it covers a wide uh, aspect of topics, sound like. So, sounds like. So I, I think everyone that listens is definitely going to find a topic that's near and dear to their heart. And I love the mission of uplifting, uplifting, educating, and inspiring the audience because, uh, yeah, I mean, our content should absolutely target um, and focus on that. Uh, but Sam, uh, give me, if you can, some advice around, there's a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs listening to the show, and they know that obviously maybe even hosting their own show or putting something out there in the universe that is consistent, helps build their brand, helps build the know, like, and trust, and all these amazing factors that happen when you are consistently adding value with, with this channel or this vocation. What, based on your experience, what are some of the things that you could share with them if they are the host? How can they improve their interview skills? How can they make their show even more captivating so that the audience that they're growing is there tuning in and listening every week <laughs> and every day based on obviously the frequency of their shows? So I, I think the really the most important thing is to remember the acronym WAIT. Why am I talking? Because so often I listen to some of these podcasts and, and, and maybe it's a couple of friends doing it together and they start going off on these tangents about their personal lives that if I'm not their friend, I could care less about. And it's really about always keeping your audience in mind and is what you're saying adding value to your audience's lives. And I think that's really the most important thing is, are you adding value? Do you know who your audience is? Are you targeted about, you know, these are my people, this is my tribe, and that's who I'm trying to serve. 
you know, and, and the and people sometimes get a little um, shy about narrowly narrowly defining their niche, but that's the best way to do their show. I mean, I had a gentleman, Tony, who come on my network who did a show very specifically for small and mid-sized nonprofits. So for people who worked at or owned small and mid-sized nonprofits, because he felt all the large nonprofits had access to all the consultants and service providers, and, and they had all this information that the small and mid-sized nonprofits didn't. And he worked with me and he, and he kept doing his show consistently, which is key because less than 20% of the podcasts out there are creating new episodes and and like less than 80% less than 90% of them have more than eight episodes it's it's crazy wow. so people feel like oh there's so many millions of podcasts out there there's so much opportunity because people do it they'll do it for a month and then they don't see a result right away and then they stop doing it because doing a podcast is like writing a blog. It takes time to build up your connection to your audience. It takes time to get followers. Does it have to take a huge amount of time? No, not nearly what it used to take, but it does take some time. And like Tony is such a great example because he did all the right things. He stuck with me for a long time. We actually worked together for 10 years, but like within three or four years, he started getting mentioned in all these uh, nonprofit industry blogs about being a thought leader. And then one of them even said in their top 10 list, they were like, oh, and if you like our other nine thought leaders, they've all been guests on Tony's show. And so that's what, how he was really able to provide value. And he became the number one nonprofit podcast. And not only was he number one, but he had more than double the number of subscribers that the number two nonprofit podcast had. So you can really impact an industry if you do things right and consistently and you stick with it. Well, that's powerful because, yes, I can't even, um, you know, um, I, I can think of all the people that always think about, oh, my God, there's so many podcasts out there. Who's going to listen to my show? But it's just like anything in life, right? I mean, most people have probably quit along the journey and are not consistent and it's not crowded where there's consistency and there's you know uh sticking through the highs and the lows and the journey of just kind of growing anything which has its growing pains but i, I love that you share that um that testimonial or story uh, of someone that has actually stuck it out and you actually have built that trust and loyalty over time because it says a lot about you as a person as well you are there to be trusted if you're showing up all the time and you are giving value and you have that service mindset i love that you share that be very focused on your audience and what is it that they need to hear and not leveraging or using the show as maybe a therapy session for your personal uh, stuff and keeping being very mindful and intentional about you know the value that you are providing i think yeah that's definitely a um, great piece to success that you shared with us today um and sam uh, back to you know how to make the show more captivating how do we um, maybe structure the show so that, again, it's really insightful, it's purposeful, it's adding value, but also when you are interviewing other people, how do we make that interaction even more um, educating and inspiring for our audience? Because I know there's a lot of people that maybe start in the journey of starting their show and they might have a lot of uh, maybe uncertainty around like am i a good host i don't know what i'm gonna talk about all these imposter things that usually come up when you're doing anything new 
So I feel like sometimes the most important interview skill that people need to develop is being present with your guest. It's not about having all these pre-written questions and making sure you check off all the boxes. Because when you listen to those kinds of shows, you can tell there's like a a dampening of energy when people do that. Because it's like they have their structure and they stick so closely to their structure and they feel like they have to have all the questions and know all the answers before they even ask them. And it's a lot of work and it doesn't really give people, make it very interesting. But when you're very present with your guest and you have them tell their story and tell their journey, I mean, yeah, you want to get into what the work is. You want to get into what their specialty is, but people relate to people. People want to know about the journey and what did it take for the person to get to where they are today? So you want to lay that groundwork, that foundational work before you really dig into the, the question of like what it is that they do, what, what's their specialty, what can they, uh, you know, provide your audience with. But again, the key thing is being present and really listening because sometimes and very often a guest will say something that for them is like no big deal because they live it every day. But to someone on the outside, it's like, oh, oh, that sounds juicy. You know what? Wait a moment. Let's dig into that. You just said blah, blah, blah. What, what exactly do you mean by that? And how did that affect your life? And when you're really present, you can mine what people say for the juice of it and really create an interesting interview for people because you can pick up and ask questions on things that most other interviewers won't. So to me, like, that's the most important skill is really listening and being present so you can turn on a dime and you can adjust the interview depending on where your your guest is going. Yeah, no, I love that you shared that, the listening aspect. It's definitely been something that I've been learning and growing as a host uh, to my show and my, my events that I run. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly where the show becomes more authentic, right? More heart to heart and, and you're kind of connecting on that personal level. And of course, if you're having fun and if you're really engaged in the conversation, <laughs> the people watching and listening will absolutely get that energy and do the same. So yeah, maybe having a focus or a framework, uh, you know, so that you stay organized is a good thing, but not to be afraid of kind of just going with the flow and seeing where the conversation leads. I think that's always the best, at least the best conversations I always have on my show. So Beautiful, beautiful uh, share there, um, Sam, for sure. Um, and my other question for you is around titles. We all know the very short attention spans. You can have a really jam-packed content or uh, interview that you're doing or show. But how do we maybe title our shows so that we get that initial, okay, I think there's something interesting in there for me. So we get that hump over so people really get a chance to really receive the amazing wisdom that they can by watching the entire show. Is there anything that you could share around that, uh, this specific uh, question as far as titling? Yeah. I, I, when I work with new hosts coming on my network, oftentimes I strategize with them before they're even ready to start. And I always start with what are we? what's the title of your show going to be? And it's so interesting that inevitably they always start off with something that's really long. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's way too long. You know, like you said, people's attention span aren't there, isn't there. You want something three to four words, but that really 
gets the the listener to know that if all they see is the title, that they know what the show is about, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I have a show on my network called Dismantle Racism. That's all about systemic racism, diversity, and inclusion, and you know, uh, and and how to be more conscious and more aware of it, and what we can do about it. So when you see the title "Dismantle Racism," it's pretty clear what that show is about. You don't have to guess. Um, we have another show. We have a, a, a nonprofit show, a new nonprofit show on the network called Philanthropy in Focus. So you know it's about nonprofits and that the, the host is focusing on highlighting nonprofits. Now, we have one title that's an interesting one called Intangify, which is by um, an IP attorney who talks about the intangible ass assets of business. So intangify is one of those words. It's like you kind of sort of get the meaning, but it makes you curious. So then it's it catches your attention because you don't really know what it is, but you kind of sort of know what it is. So then you want to go and read a little bit more about it and maybe listen to an episode. So things like that. Or we have a show, Frank, about health. Very the, the, the author's name, the, the host's name is Frank Harrison. So he's being frank about health. So, you know, it's a health related show. So, so keeping in mind, like short, sweet, and, and really let it highlight what are you talking about on your show. And that, that way, when people see the title, it's like they're either in or they're out. So make it something really obvious. So if they're not your listener, if they're not part of your tribe, they're gone. They're not going to tune in. And if they are, it's really going to appeal to them and they're going to tune in. Yeah, powerful, powerful advice uh, with that. I definitely agree. Um, short and to the point. And uh, yeah, I love that uh, it actually filters the the right people listening to your show, just like anything in life, right? I mean, um, not to be focused on those vanity metrics and downloads and all of that. It's about the quality, the quality of the listeners. Is also the quality. And it's also like not everybody is your audience. Like there, there are really... You know, even the most popular podcasts that get millions of listeners, not everyone is their audience. So it's being really clear who do you resonate with and who resonates with you. When you're really clear about who do you want to serve and who can relate to your message, then that, that creates so much more focus and so much more clarity so that when you're promoting your show, you know who to promote it to. You know where they hang out. You know what platforms they like. So being really clear on who you want to speak with helps so, so much. So then you don't really have to cater to other people who are outside of that. I mean, not saying that, that you know, you don't pick a small niche and then as you grow, you people outside that niche don't come to you. Of course, absolutely. Mm. But it's where are you focusing? Where's your core? Who, who are really your, your raving fans who when they listen to your show, they're going to spread the word? Like I know I have a handful of loyal listeners that listen live every single week to my show. I mean, they won't miss an episode and they always tell all their friends about it. And then I get a ton more people listening to the recording after the fact. But those loyal listeners, I mean, yeah, the live audience is the smallest percentage, but they're the most engaged, the most loyal. And when you happen to announce, like I did in, in 2020, I came out with my first book, Everyday Awakening. Like my audience, they were the first ones to order copies and they ordered not just one copy, but several copies so they can give it to their friends. 
So, yeah. so like those people, you really, you, the more you serve them, the more loyal they're going to be and the more they're going to spread the word for you. Absolutely. What about the frequency of the show? What's recommended, Sam, based on your experience? Daily, weekly, how often? You know, I have people coming to me all the time saying, oh, I don't think I can do a weekly show. Can we do a monthly show or every other week? And over the 13 years I've been doing this, I've seen it all the time. It doesn't work unless minimum, minimum weekly. You definitely want, because we're just so programmed from TV, from radio, from all kinds of things, we expect a new episode weekly. And if you're not doing it at least weekly, it takes a really long time to build up your audience because there's just not enough consistency to do it. Now, if you can do a daily show, oh my God, like you're going to skyrocket. But, but I find for most people, daily is a little bit too frequent. But weekly, I think most of us can handle. You carve out some time each week. You do your episode once a week and you get it out there. Like most people can handle that. And, and that's what people really expect. So that's, that's our business model at the station. And that's what I recommend to people. All right. Well, there you have it, Sam. I want to thank you for all that amazing wisdom that you share with us. Very, very helpful and very insightful because there's these are all questions that, you know, whether you're a new host or you're trying to grow your show, we're always looking for ways to improve it, right? So I think what you shared was golden and obviously also your amazing experience that you have over a decade with having other hosts on your platform as well. Where is it that people can uh, continue this conversation with you, Sam? And where is it they can find out more information regarding the network? So if you want to learn about the network, you can just go to www.talkradio.nyc. And I'm more than happy to let anyone can reach out to me directly. My name is Sam at talkradio.nyc. Nice and simple. There you go. I'm definitely going to check it out. Sounds like you have done something quite impressive and, and amazing. And also my last question is that, do you have to be based out of NYC to be part of the network or no? no? No, not anymore. I mean, there was a time for the first, you know, 10 years, all of my hosts were local and we operated out of a studio in Midtown. But now, because of the pandemic, we went virtual like everyone else. And I've had hosts on my network from as far away as London, England, to Sydney, Australia, all across the U.S. And I'm a native New Yorker. And if you ask any native New Yorker, they'll always tell you New York is the center of the universe. So I'll work with anybody anywhere. I agree with that second part for sure. But yeah, I mean, global, global world. I mean, uh, the pandemic has absolutely opened up new opportunities uh, as much pain as it also um, actually also brought. So thanks again, um, Sam, for everything you share. Definitely go check out the website and everything that Sam has built and created so far as the visionary founder of Talk Radio NYC. I will see you next time. You know where to find our show on all our social media channels and also major podcast platforms. Thank you so much for tuning again and I will see you next week. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. I want to share with you the four books that would change your life personally and professionally. So the first book is Connecting the Dots Backwards, one of the books I've written that will help you connect the dots between your past, your present, and your future life vision. You will find topics in there around marketing, sales, spirituality, relationships, all the areas that you need to be fulfilled as a human being. The second book that I've written, which is a journal, uh, accompanies the Connecting with the Dots book. 
And this journal will help you apply the information that you learn in the book into a journal. It has self-guided questions that you can go uh, through and into to get the clarity that you need to discover your values, your vision, and your mission. This is a journal attaching um, the book as well. And then Purpose Driven Entrepreneurship is my latest book where I have included my legacy framework in building legacy businesses, everything from mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team. And I have connected all the dots between all those areas so that you have the fundamentals that you need to build a truly legacy empire. And then my latest creation is the Focus on Purpose Planner for increased productivity and efficiency, where I have included a framework around your productivity where you can plan ahead, uh, work on purpose, and leave amazing impact on the planet with your work. You can find any of my books on the website below, alonalopari.coaching.com books. And definitely grab your copy. Let me know, leave me a review on Amazon and let me know how this book has impacted you and changed your life.